0: Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him, for he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord, the mountain of Yahweh, who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors. And let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord Yahweh, strong and mighty. Yahweh, invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the king of glory. So that was the message that we could hear today in the, the frequency and the music. The Lord is telling us about his holy mountain. This is the place, you know, in Hebrews it says, you haven't come to Mount Sinai where there's a, where you're scared of God, but you've come to Mount Zion. You've come to the Holy Assembly, the saints, the angels, together rejoicing. The victory is done. The battle is over. The war is won. And we've come into that that victory. And this is that scripture too where it talks about opening up the ancient gates. So who's the ancient gate? You. (laughs) You are an ancient gate because this is how the King of glory comes through. The King of glory comes out through the gate. So what you're seeing here, you know, as revealed on the earth is the fact that as we engage, I say engage, I mean, think about, ponder, put the thoughts of God in your heart and in your mind. And when I say that word engage, that's what that means. You're putting him, you're, you're connecting See, I like the word engage. You know why I like that word? Because if you're if you're um, saying, hey, we're going to do some work tomorrow, what are you going to do? You're going to engage the work. What is that? You're going to put it in front of you. You're going to focus on it. You're going to think about it and you're going to get that work done, right? So if I say engage with the higher realm, that means you're putting everything else aside and you're connecting directly with the divine, which is who is Christ. So you're connecting. So you're opening up those ancient gates. You're engaging, connecting with, the thoughts that come above, which is where am I seated? Because look at what it says here on his mountain, on his holy mountain, we worship in your presence. Okay. So listen. So listen, okay. Do I want to worship the Lord? In my living room. I could. Or. I can go up on his holy mountain. And worship him there. How do I do it? Engage. <laughs> Engage the holy mountain. But look what it says here. How. Who. Verse 3. Who may climb. Who? Is an owl. Is an owl getting here? Who may climb. The mountain of the Lord, who may stand in his holy place? Isn't this your first question when you're thinking about the mountain of the Lord? Who is allowed on this mountain as powerful as it is? Oh, only certain people. It tells you in the very next verse only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. Oh, well, well, it was a good thought. <laughs> <laughs> well why would you think that about yourself well guess who makes us holy jesus blood guess who makes us gives us a pure heart yahweh himself there's a lot of people on this mountain how'd they get up there (laughs) because their hands and hearts are pure and they don't worship idols and they don't tell lies well why don't they tell lies because they've been purified, they've been made holy, they've been set apart by Yahweh. This isn't a new work for you to do. I need to go out and scrub my hands now and check your heart, check your heart, you're not going to get on a mountain. Well, how do you do that? Well, you check who's in your heart. You check the work that's been done in your heart by who? Not by what I've done, but by what Christ has done in me. See, that's what that means. Who gets on top of this mountain? Who can, who can, Jamin, I would love to worship on, on the mountain of the Lord. How, how do I do that? You know, engage. Engage. We say, by faith. Well, if you're going to do something by faith, you have to know that God wants you to do it. Mm-hmm. If God doesn't want you to do it, you're not going to have, quote, faith, because you're going to be like, I'm not even sure God wants me to be on this mountain. You know, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But he... Well, I have a scripture here that I just read. And you know what it says? It says to open up ancient gates and open up ancient doors, talking about us, and let the king of glory enter. So he's not entering into you. He's coming out. He's already into you. <laughs> he's already there. The gates that are opening up is the gates to allow him out out we're seated in Mount Zion we've come as it says in the book of Hebrews to the holy city the new Jerusalem when we worship God we worship from his holy mountain okay we worship from his holy mountain so when you're in your prayer time and you're releasing that frequency of of God's goodness and you're being taught of the Lord through Psalms hymns and spiritual songs Singing, the Bible says, making melody to the Lord. That teaching that's taking place is a frequency of sound. It's a song. It's a song. And as that song comes forth out of your mouth, you're being taught by the Lord what's coming forth through that song. But guess where you are? You're on the mountain of the Lord. And on his holy mountain, that's where you open up the ancient gates The ancient paths so there you are on that mountain and now you're releasing what you have come into to the earth so then everything on the earth comes into subjection to that because remember what the Lord said at the beginning his mountain is the mountain above all other mountains okay and there's power on that mountain like it's still a powerful mountain it's not but you haven't come with shaking and fear and trembling you've come to a holy assembly that had been made pure by the blood of the Lamb. Remember, talks about this in Revelation. Who are these? Oh, these are the ones who had their sins washed in the blood of the Lamb. Who is this? They're, they're, these are questions. People always ask these questions. Who are these people? They look at them. They have white on. And what? who are they? That's us. <laughs> We're <are> those people. <laughs> they're asking who we are. You know, because there's other, listen, there are other beings. We're not the only thing God created that's intelligent, put it that way. They ask God questions, the angels. What is man that you are mindful of him? They, he, one of them said, I mean, some of them actually could come from, you know, the lower realm. They want to know. <clears throat> we're, we're put on display to show God's goodness to all of creation. So anyway, so think about it like that. You know, where are we? We're on this mountain. The mountain of the Lord. Now, from this mountain, all things, you know, what things flow down from a mountain, don't they? Mm-hmm. Okay, you, you you don't flow up to a mountain; you flow down from a mountain. So, if you're falling down from a mountain, you're you're dealing with government, <clears throat> right? If if the government makes a law, that law comes into effect, and it flows down from the government, all the way, all the other mountains underneath that government mountain have to be subject to that law. So the mountain of the Lord is government. The government of, what did what did it say we've been brought into? We've been brought into the kingdom of the son of his love. So what do you think the number one thing that comes down from this mountain is? The love of God. The love of God is able to transform us into change us into our original intended state, which is holy and righteous before him. The blood of Jesus, the blood of the lamb cleanses us. The blood of the lamb, Jamie, what does that even mean? The blood of the lamb. In other words, I will show you that here in just a second. So keep that thought. I know you have that question. What is the blood of the lamb, Jamie? It sounds really, really kind of like weird. You know, what does that even mean? So I'm going to share that with you in just a minute, but I want to talk about this mountain a little more. Who may stand in his holy place? Well, holy people should be standing in holy places. So we have to decide, are we holy or are we not holy? Because only holy people, well, I go to church and I do this and I help in this thing and I went to the food pantry and I did this and I was nice to my neighbor who was mean to me and I was nice to this person and they weren't even nice at all and I could get nothing out of them. I'm holy. Nah, no, you're not. That's not what makes you holy. Well, I have been very faithful, Jamin. You don't understand. I believe that I can stand in that holy place because of the things that I did. Oh yeah, well, I can bring up this, 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 and this. Now do you still feel holy? No. Why is that? Because you're trying to prove your holiness by the things that you do. But only God can make you holy. Because holy is holiness is to be set apart. Now, does it have an impact on you? Yeah. Because, And how do we know this? Because people come up and say, Oh well, I'm a believer, but they're not living like a believer. It'd be like, well, you're 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 not growing in that area, right? But it's Christ who's made us holy, not our own works, right? They will receive though. So those with the those with the hands that are pure, do not worship idols and never tell lies. If you're worshiping an idol, are you are you receiving Christ? No, you're receiving something different. In other words, there's no other way on top of this mountain. <laughs> There's only one way on top of the mountain. There's only one way into God's holy mountain, and that is through God. You have to go through Him. How do you get in? Through Christ. You don't get in any other way. So if you're worshiping an idol and you think you're going to get to the top, because I'll, here's the thing. All right, I'll explain this just a little bit. I won't go into too much detail. So we read the ancient books, right? And they talk about idols and idol worship and this and that and the other. Okay. And we say, Jamin, that sounds like something that you'd have to deal with with some like, long-lost African tribe or something. We don't do that now. But I'm telling you, we do. And it's not just the worship of money. Money is definitely one of the biggest gods in the United States, for sure. They worship money. They bow down to it. Everything they do is money. That's why in churches, money is such a taboo subject, because it's one of the idols. Um, either they talk about it a lot and it's taboo because they talk about it too much, or they don't talk about it enough because they don't think it's right because it's worshiped. You, it has a, a, an awe and reverence to it. Money, that's how you know a thing's worshipped. What are you allowed to talk about? What are you not allowed to talk about? Can't talk about tithes and offerings because it's taboo. Why is that? Holy, holy, right? So I'm just telling you, it's an idol. It's an idol. Now, is money itself an idol? No, but the love of it is, and there's a ton of the love of it, right? And so even even you go online, you see all this. So that's it. that's an idol. That is a thing. You know, loving money is an idol. To love it. Okay, to have it is not an idol. It's like saying, oh, I have green grass in my backyard. It's an idol. No, it's just grass. It's just money. It, just, it does something for you. Grass covers your lawn. The money you trade things for, right? That's it. It's a trading thing. It's like Elon Musk calls it. It's a database. Money is a database. <laughs> that's all it is. So programmers would understand that. But that's not the only ones. We also have these um, idols of intellectualism, you know, where the things that I can understand intellectually are the things that I believe in. I give you a mystery. It's discarded. I give you facts that I can see with my eyes, my physical eyes, solid, right? So this is how we determine whether a thing is true or not, or what we will submit ourselves to. So there's these idols. Then there's these other, these new ones that you're going to hear about with uh, aliens and people talking to other entities. And I know it seems like it's really different. Yeah, you have multiple personalities. Now you have all these kind of other beings that are all pretending to be other things. sports personalities, people, people idolize. And a lot of the things you can say, well, what, if, if, what, an idol is something you sacrifice to, right? You give to it, you know, this could be controversial. Okay. I'm going to say a controversial thing, but church can be an idol. Okay. Cause people do sacrifice to church all the time. As a matter of fact, they even talk about that. You know, you're giving a sacrifice to your church. Well, okay. But what is? I mean, church as a religious organization, not as the body of Christ. People sacrifice to the church. Well, you don't want to. You don't want to turn the church into an idol, and I don't mean the body of Jesus. You got to understand, the body of Jesus is a mystical body, spiritual body. So you don't want to sacrifice to the church because that would be an idol to you too. Because church is people. It's family. It's mystical. It's a spiritual body, right? That's one thing. That's one area. Another area, like you said, it could be. You know, what you give to, what you put into it could be idols. But but anyway, without getting into idols, there are there are a lot of things that can distract us, you know, that we can get into our mind. You know. When when you have um the Lord They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God in verse five, they will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God. How do you get a right relationship with God through Jesus? Jesus is the one that gives us a right relationship with God. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence. So again, getting back to the mountain of the Lord, not into our works, not into, you know, because if we hold a thing in our heart, that is not, um, like you can take, you can take um, and swap out things in your heart, okay? You can swap, you know what I'm saying? So like you have a thing that you're holding in your heart and then you swapped it out for another thing, then you swap it out for another thing, you know? So like you're saying, like, you know, I'm really thinking about like interior design, you know, and now I'm thinking about this and now I'm thinking, and you're swapping, You know, I'm thinking about, you know, nutrition right now. I'm thinking, you know, so these are things that you're holding, you're pondering. Those are fine. I mean, you can sit and, and think about a thing, ponder a thing, hold it, and then you can swap it with another thing. You ever notice that? You're kind of like on a certain track, and then a couple months later, now you're on this track. And then a couple months later, now you're on this track. And how did you get from track to track to track? It's just what your intention was. You were intending towards those areas, okay? That's your soul. That's your soul, okay? But it's an area that you have focused on for a while, and that area of your soul is where your heart, it it, it can be where you're intending to go to, okay? So you're gonna be seeing things within that filter, all right? Now, separate the soul and the spirit, okay? Now, separate, boom, okay? You separate it with the word of God, who is Christ, okay? And now your soul is doing its little fun things over here, and your spirit is sitting, boom, over top. But where is your spirit? In Christ. Where is Christ? Seated at the right hand of the Father. Where is that? On the mountain. So when we come in to worshiping the Father, and worshiping the Son, and worshiping the Spirit, Where does that worship take place? It takes place on the mountain. So when we worship God, worship from his holy mountain, worship by thought and intention of where am I? I'm seated with that holy assembly. I'm standing with that holy assembly, and we're all worshiping God together. You know, I saw it the other day. I was listening to a song, and I could see every being on earth and heaven bowing down to god and i could just see it all just right down okay because all of creation sings to the lord they all have a song every single thing he created has a song and they all sing that song unto the lord day and night every day every night that worship is going forth back up to Yahweh, because everything comes from Him. And we, as sons of God, are gates, we're connectors between that realm and this realm. And when we open up those gates, the King of glory, the glory of God will flow through us to everything around us in the creation. Because in the Spirit, they all bow down. On His holy mountain, they all bow down. We've been made holy and righteous to stand. We can stand on his holy mountain because of Jesus' blood. It cleansed us. It made us pure and holy. Because that was the question. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord is what it says in the King James. And I like that one too. Who may ascend? Who may climb? Well, Moses went up on the mountain of the Lord. But a lot of other people were very afraid to go on the mountain of the Lord, weren't they? The children of Israel, when they saw Moses, you guys remember Charlton Heston, get up there with his. (laughs) Here he is. What a great actor. You know, he got up there with his Ten Commandments, you know. So he went up there. But did anybody go up with him? They were terrified. They were terrified. Their relationship with God was not very good. And yeah, were they bad? Yeah, really bad. <laughs> that whole group of them, they were bad. <laughs> they did not know him and they were really scared. And you got to remember that too. You know, a lot of times we want to like run in and be like, hey, everybody, Jesus loves you. Bye. You know, and and some people are like, oh man, you're making me nervous. Talking about that God stuff, that makes me nervous. I don't really want to talk about religion. Listen, two things I can't talk about, religion and politics, that you don't talk about it and that is not proper conversation, proper company. Well, the the reason is, is that a lot of times people are literally just talking religion and politics and that just gets people into arguments. But the other thing is if you, sometimes when you start to share Jesus and they haven't seen him yet, they might be scared if you start sharing it because it's like going to Mount Sinai. They see the lightnings, they see the rumblings, they see all this and they're like, oh man, look at Jamie. He just went right up that mountain. I ain't going up that mountain because you're scared. But the scripture says, we haven't come to that mountain. We've come to Mount Zion, the holy city, the new Jerusalem. We've been accepted. We've been brought into the son, the kingdom of the son of his love. We don't have to be afraid of God because we've been made holy. Now, if you reject him and push against him, you, you hey, all bets are off, right? But not doing that by being in the spirit, being in him, we can climb this mountain. So anyway, so think about that when you're praying and when you're singing to the Lord, see yourself seated on that mountain. See yourself on the mountain of the Lord with that holy assembly. Let that frequency and that song come out of your heart. You know, like even if it's a sound, even if it's like, oh, oh, you know, whatever, start with a sound, start to pray in the spirit, start to Speak in other tongues as the spirit gives you utterance. There's a song. Make a melody in your heart towards the Lord. There's a song in you. There's a song inside of you. It's the song of the Lord. Sing that song from his holy mountain. And then when you do, you'll hear the other voices come in with you. And you will be in that one accord. Remember, they were where were they in the in, in the upper room? They were in one accord, which is like a Honda car, but I don't know how they all got in there. I'm just kidding. They were in, <laughs> that's a dad joke. It's okay. <laughs> I got looks from my kids immediately when I said that. It was like, really? <clears throat> okay. That's an, not only is that an old dad joke, that's an old dad church joke. So that's really bad. <clears throat> so anyway, they were in one accord, which means they were in union. How do you get in union? By recognizing where you are in Christ. It has nothing to do with your belief system. It has to do with Christ himself. You are you are one with Christ. Now I'm going to give you my other. It's going to be short and sweet, right? I know you guys love it. Short and sweet. So this one is uh, Colossians 2, which I, t- I do tend to share a lot in Colossians because I like Colossians. I don't have a dad joke for that, but anyway. Okay, here we go. So Colossians, take a look. 2 and verse 9. So, so again, let's keep that mountain of the Lord as kind of like our intro. Okay. We went up, we're in the mountain of the Lord, worshiping God, that frequency is coming forth from us when we're praying, also sing or make a sound without the words. Why? I don't need my soul engaged. Okay. My soul is engaged in everything all day long. I got it. I gotcha. I want my spirit engaged. In the Spirit, I can sing a song that's just a sound to start with, and then words may start to come forth, but they may not be in my language. They may be in another language, or they may be in my language, but I'm praying in tongues, so the words in English coming out of my mouth are not my words. And I can hear myself speaking in English, words that I have not concocted in my mind. How does that happen? Well, because you're praying in the Spirit. It's coming from here, not from here. So as I'm speaking, I'm now speaking words by the Spirit, or I'm singing words by the Spirit, and the Spirit is instructing me. I know a guy, and he's written several books, and every book he's written He received that way. He just wrote down what he heard himself say. And the entire book was written that way. It was written in tongues. But it was a tongue that he knew. Okay? It just says speaking in diverse tongues. That could be your own tongue. But it isn't coming from the soul or from the mind. It's coming out of the spirit. We are made to be possessed by the Spirit of God. Why do you think evil spirits take that that channel? Because you're made to be filled with the Spirit, but you're made to be filled with the Spirit of holiness, the Spirit of the Lord. The Scripture says that we are one Spirit with the Lord. There's no room for other things there. That's one, one, one. We are one in him. And if we're one in Christ, we're one with each other because we're one in Christ. This is where the unity comes from. And this is why it's so important that whatever it is that God has asked you to do, do that thing. Don't be tempted to get off and do what you see somebody else doing. Even if no one recognizes you, it's okay because you just think no one recognizes you. They do recognize you. As a matter of fact, there is such an assembly of people recognizing what you're doing every day. When we see this, I think our minds are going to be blown because we're superheroes. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you you're a superhero, you're a superhero. In the spirit, you're a superhero. People, you're renowned. You have a renown, you have a renownedness about you. In Christ, See, stop seeing yourself as just a human. You're in Christ now. You're beyond human. You're beyond what you naturally thought you were. You're in another realm now. You're in the realm of the kingdom of God's love. You're not in the realm of your own works. So look at this, Colossians 2, verse 9. I'm going to read it in the Aramaic. Okay, so get ready. I'm going to have to interpret Okay, I have a split screen up here. For in him resides all the fulfillment of the Godhead head to toe. In who? In Christ. So in in him, in Christ. So when you see Christ, see all of God in him. Now in other translations, it says this for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in the human body. So again, getting back to that mountain of the Lord, who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? Well, you think Jesus can ascend the mountain of the Lord? Well, Jesus is God. He's already on the top of that mountain, okay? So we've kind of clarified that now. Now we know. Because in Christ lives all the fullness of God. Where? In a, it's really important to know this. It's in a human body. It's in a human body. Why is that so important, Jamin? What if it was just a spiritual body? Because you're a human body. And there's something that God is getting across to the human race. And he's doing that through his son, Jesus. And that is that the fullness of God was put into Christ. It says in the Aramaic, head to toe, head to toe. When you think of yourself, head to toe, Christ. Who am I? Head to toe, Christ. I'm in him. And it says it right here. So you also are complete. Okay, now look at the Aramaic first. And with him, you are also complete. (laughs) So we see that the, the, the entire Godhead, I don't know. See, you're way bigger. You see why when I say you're way bigger than you think? The Godhead is in Christ, in a human body. And then in the next part of this sentence, it says, and with him, you... Are also complete. If I'm complete, I don't have to do something to make myself complete. It says that you're complete. That verse single-handedly gets rid of entire swaths of religious teaching because a lot of teaching is related to making yourself more complete. You got saved, but now you need to get more saved. Where does that come from? Not from the Bible. So there are whole groups of teachings and things that are trying to make you more complete in Christ. Okay? And churches have a diverse set of teaching. Some of it is how to become a better businessman. I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about our completeness in Christ. Okay? Because the completeness that we have in him, remember, this is how we engage the earth. Didn't I just say that earlier? This is how we engage the earth, from heaven. That does apply to business. (laughs) That applies to everything. You engage it from heaven. Go into that seat of rest in Christ, in you, and then engage business. Ask, Jesus said, Ask, what do you need? Ask, where from? The seat of rest. You want an answer? Ask, he'll give you the answer. <laughs> you have a, any type of question, ask, he'll give you the answer. He is not withholding. People are like, well, I may not like the answer, so I don't want to ask. Oh, trust me, you will like the answer because his paths are good. So if he's giving you an answer, it's to take a path. So we don't want to, now now I will tell you this, you have to take a path. (laughs) Which when you say you're taking a path, it means there's time involved in being on that path. Time, T-I-M-E, time. So there's some time on the path, but he'll show you the path. Just take the path. It's a good path. It's a good way. His ways are good. The Bible's very clear about that. His ways are good. His ways are up up he'll show you the up path okay so with him you are also complete now here's the other scripture the other translation of it for in christ lives all the fullness of god in a human body so you also are complete through your union with christ your union with christ i love it we were brought into union with him Anytime I ever felt like I was far from him, I was never far from him. I was absorbed by him. I was brought into union with Christ. When? 2,000 years ago. All of humanity was brought into union with Christ. But what about when I prayed the prayer? When you prayed the prayer, you recognized it. Good job. Now you're in union. Because now you're living out of that union. Before, you were living out of separation, which was A mental condition, (laughs) just a mental condition, but having very real effects on you. Do mental conditions affect people? Yes, they do. Having a bad mental state of mind can have a very negative effect on you. Well, guess where the root of all mental conditions come from? Lost identity. When you don't know who you are, when you don't know why you're here, who made you or where you came from. This is the reason why people now, not some of it's chemical. I understand people are got weird chemicals are putting in their body through water and stuff that they don't even realize. But some mental conditions, a lot of this is sourced in a lack of, of identity, who you are, who God made you to be. And, and, and young people are being taught things that compound that negative mindset. And it's, it's making them feel even more separated from God. But Christ has brought us into himself, into his own love. So now we're complete. How does it feel to be complete? Good. Feels good, doesn't it? I am complete. And how am I complete? Well, because I went to church three times this week. Nope, I am complete because he's made me complete in him. Okay, can you sense that? in him when you say i'm in him point to being in how he's in you and you're in him and you could become extremely aware of god all around you and everywhere you go which is really overwhelming sometimes so you just kind of have to work your way through it because I, I like what um one of the guys uh, i listened to says you need god to handle god <laughs> I said, that is so true. You need him to handle him because he's so overwhelming. You need him. I need your help. Like, like when you get prayed for and God comes on you, like happened to you, um, Elena, God comes on you and you're like, I want to stand up, but I can't boom. (laughs) Right. So how would you be able to stand up? Well, you would need God's power to keep you standing so that you could stand in his power. Isn't that funny how that works? So no matter where we go, no matter what we're doing, even with a lot of power, we still need him. We need him just to handle him, which is great. That's why we have been anointed. Scripture says you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. You don't know it all. Why? Because you have an anointing. The anointing will teach you. Jesus said the anointing will teach you. Didn't he say that about the Holy Spirit? He will teach you The Holy Spirit will teach you. I need more teachers. You have a teacher, the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit and you will be taught. It's not difficult. But what is difficult is changing our mindset. And that's why our mind needs to be renewed. How do you change a mindset? Consistency is key. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Look at water, consistency, water doesn't stop, it's consistent, and eventually that path is made, that channel is created. When you look at your brain, you have all of these little channels, don't you? Mm -hmm. All these little paths, and they're going in different directions, aren't they? And what's flowing through them? Electricity. Well, God's power is a lot like electricity. So what's happening is, is over time, we've built paths, strong paths or roots. They look like, don't they look like roots to a tree? They look just like it, right? So there's a tree roots and you have all these neurons and things running through your brain. So as we're, as the spirit of God, because the spirit, we're one spirit with the Lord. We have a big time helper, big time. And the more we lean on the helper the further we can get the quicker we can get the more we lean on our own understanding the more difficult it gets because we don't understand a lot we understand very little specifically when it comes to the things of the spirit because the things of the spirit are spiritually discerned the bible says and the soul can't grasp them so we need the spirit of god to reveal the things so wonderful things have happened here Uh, One man, specifically, uh, Paul the Apostle, received tremendous revelation from the Spirit, and he wrote them all down in a whole bunch of letters that we read in a book called the Bible. So a lot of this, but again, don't listen from the soul, but listen from the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God within you confirm the word being preached, that it is coming from him. Most of the time we're trying to process things in our soul and and this is where a lot of times when you hear a spiritual teaching you go You're out why because your soul is trying to process a spiritual concept that it can only be Obtained through revelation by the spirit and that comes from within You see there's a difference and so this particular revelation which I like to call Union also known as the gospel Is one that is received in the heart because the mind may have a very difficult time comprehending this concept because I have to get up every morning just like all of you and my mind says you are human but my spirit says you are more than human and how do I know this I have a I have a witness I have a witness if you're gonna want to know if something is true it's nice to get an outsider's opinion somebody else And who is that? Well, Jesus said we have the Word, who is, he's the logic, the logos, the Word, right? Which is actually written down. It's actually written other places, but it's written very directly and clearly here, okay, in the, in the scriptures. And then we have the Spirit who confirms. So we have a witness on the earth testifying that we are sons of God. Does it say the witness is in science? Can you watch it on the History Channel? Is it something that CNN's going to post? Is it some high intellectual research we can do at the university library? No, the witness exists in these places. The Spirit of God who was given to us specifically to confirm who we are and the Word of God who is the logos of God and the logic of God which is contained within his words which are recorded for us. Thank you. And we still have them. We will have them forever. <laughs> They're actually written in heaven, too. So you'd be like, oh, we burned the Bible. So you didn't. They're in heaven, too. Everything is there. It's available to us at all times. Listen, these were, this is the witness that you need. If someone is trying to give you another witness, do not pay attention to them. If you go, oh, you're one of them Christians. Those Christians are a bunch of hypocrites. Where does that come from? That comes from the devil. he'd be like, it isn't me who said I'm a Christian, it's God. (laughs) If you're saying something like that, you're not saying it to me, you're saying it to him. He made me clean. He made me pure. He put me up into his holy mountain so that I can become a witness myself. But my witness doesn't come from the earth. My witness comes from heaven. My witness comes from the Spirit, who's from heaven to earth, And the word, I have a confirmation. And now in my spirit, because I am a spirit, my spirit says that is correct. I have a witness as well. I testify that God has made me a son and I am a beloved son. I'm not just a son. I am one of the sons that he loves. He calls me beloved. Isn't this what John said? Think about everybody there. They're all hanging out with Jesus, the 12 disciples. And what's John do? He leans over (laughs) and he's the closest to Jesus. You gotta be pretty confident to do that, huh? I mean, you just watch Jesus walk on water, go through a wall, feed 2,000 people, then 5,000 people cast out demons, do this, that. And then you're like, Jesus loves me so much. I'm gonna just be really close to him right now. That's a revelation. Isn't that what Jesus told Peter, too, when he had the revelation of who he was? He said, you haven't, you didn't, flesh and blood didn't give you this, but my Father who is in heaven, he revealed it to you, Peter, and this is the rock revelation that my entire church is built upon. You see, so everything we get from God comes by revelation. If the revelation of Christ in us is the rock, it's the foundation by which all other things are built upon. If you try to lay a foundation of something other than the rock of revelation, that it is Christ in you, the hope of glory, that foundation will fall. And when Jesus talked about the wise and foolish builders, that's what he's talking about. When you build your life on your religious works or you build your life out of being a good person or a bad person, it doesn't matter. None of that matters when it comes to your identity. You are identified in Christ. Paul actually said, for I am crucified with Christ and I no longer live. It is Christ who lives in me. It's much better that way. The performance is all gone. You don't have to perform anymore. I don't feel like I did enough for the Lord this week. (sighs) It wasn't about that. How much did you want to do for the Lord? Do what you do out of the joy of the Lord. You say, "Ah, this brings joy." Not the joy of the soul. The soul's joy is temporary. Oh, this makes me happy. Chocolate. Okay, well, fine. But enjoy it with the Lord. But what about the joy, the joy of Yahweh? Oh, I'm going to do the joy of Yahweh. Well, what does that look like? Well, it's the thing that I'm feeling in my spirit. I have a. Mm, this seems good to me. I'm going to do this thing. This seems good to me. With Him, you are complete. If you're doing something, do it out of your oneness with him, out of your completeness with him, out of there is nothing I have to add to the gospel. I am already complete in Christ. If I'm bilocating, <laughs> I'm bilocating in Christ. If you see me here and you also see me in punagorda that's because of Christ, not anything I achieve to. That means I'm preaching in punagorda and I'm preaching here. <laughs> at the same time. Why? Because I'm bilocating. What does that have to do with? Is that something I had to go achieve? No, that means that I'm just resting. I'm in the spirit and I'm in two places. It's okay. There's records of this throughout history. You can see it in the scriptures and you can also see it in the life of the saints over the past 2000 years. Bilocation is something that happens. But why am I bilocating? Because I love Jesus and I'm complete in him. And for whatever reason, this is what's happening right now because I am beyond just a human expression. I have a divine expression and that was always God's intention for us to express his divine nature in the earth and his divine nature is a nature that is above natural. It's beyond natural. It's extra natural. Natural is me. And then I also have the extra natural that is also me. And it's also you. It's all of us. We're all natural and extra natural. What usually happens is, is people don't practice the extra natural. How do you practice it? Well, first of all, you confirm it. Most of the time, if you say bilocation, a lot of people in churches will say, ah, no. Well, guess what you just did? Instead of opening up the gate to bilocation, you close the gate to bilocation. Guess what you're not going to be doing? You're not going to be (laughs) bilocating because you closed the door. But if you say, open up the door, people say, well, I love worship. Well, you opened up that door. Well, good. Worship God then. But there is more. (laughs) Wait, there's more. (laughs) Get that number written down. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So in Christ, we're complete. And then he has existed, the head of all the principalities and authorities. Okay? So we're complete in him. And then if you're nervous about, you know, stuff that's going on in the world, they just remind you, Christ is the head over every ruler and authority. So don't sweat it. Yeah, but there's evil people doing evil things now, Jamin. We got to know about it. Well, you can or you cannot. (laughs) You can just live your life out of Christ, your oneness with him. There's so many things that have happened, even in evil times. But you know what we're we're doing? We're an expression of the goodness of God on the earth. That expression cannot be stopped. It cannot be stopped. Not only can it not be stopped, it's growing. And it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And in this, even in Daniel's prophecy, Daniel said that the that that mountain, because Daniel talked about it. Remember, remember about that he had the statue, the dream about the statue. It wasn't his dream. Nebuchadnezzar's dream about the statue, and it talked about the Medes and Persians and Greeks and Romans, and then it talked about the last one was the feet, and the feet were made out of clay and iron. So it was weak. It was a weak group of powers and principalities and rulers and then it said this this mountain this uh rock got got uh cut off from the mountain and thrown and it broke the feet and the and the thing fell and then it said then the mountain grew and filled the whole earth guess which mountain that is oh that's us that's our mountain it's a mountain of the lord and it's going to just keep growing and there's nothing that anything can do about it because he already destroyed all those kingdoms. Those kingdoms were just men's kingdoms. It was like a, um, like a harnessed thing that was happening in the spirit that was just like really temporary, but never saw it. And, and, and it was just one small rock. It was a little rock. One single man, Jesus, whoop, broke him. And then what's happening to this rock? It's becoming a mountain and it's filling the whole earth. That's us. We're filling the earth. And what are we filling the earth with? The knowledge of the glory of God. It's filling the entire earth. And the Bible says that it's going to be so common that people will understand the knowledge of the glory of God that it will be like water that covers the sea. It'll be like water. So are we seeing that yet? We're getting there. We're starting to. People are becoming more and more aware of God's glory. You know? And, and there's little steps we're taking. As, as maturing sons, we are maturing, guys. Do we want to get upset with every little new church thing that just happened? Oh, I can't believe it. That's not the real thing, you know, Jamin. That's, I mean, her, or whoever we're talking to, that's not the real thing. That's just a religious system. That's not what it's about. It's about maturing. Because in every single system, there is love. And there is people who love God. And to mature ourselves is to recognize Christ in everything, even in systems. Do I hate the system? I absolutely despise the system. Do I love people? I love people. Why do I hate systems? The reason that I hate the and what I mean by systems is when you're trying to control people. Stop trying to control people. Let them be who God who God has made them to be. Yeah, but what about all the weird things that people say that they are? Well, you know they're not those things. You know that, and you know who can tell them that? The Spirit. Do we have to be mean to everybody? No, but can we let the spirit work in people's hearts? Yeah. Can we express love? Yes. Could we speak directly to a person? Yes. People want you to address their sin, but God wants you to speak to their heart and tell them who they really are, that God loves them. Is sin a real thing? Yeah, but do I have to run around and try to prove it? It's obvious. Sinners know that they're sinning. You don't have to go tell them that. What they don't know is who loves them. What they don't know is that somebody delivered them from sin. And if you, if I got to the rest of this today, you would see that. It says he took all of our sin. He grabbed it by the middle. It says in the Aramaic. And then he took all of our sin and he nailed it to the cross. Your sins are forgiven. Go be a son of God. That's what Jesus says. That's the message. So. Ponder, meditate on some of these things. Think about praying on the mountain of the Lord, singing the songs of Zion, going up into that holy place and uh, and what Christ has brought us into because we do this out of union. We do this out of union. We do not part from union. Amen? That is all.